0: Welcome to That's Horse Pucky. I am Warren Van Overbeck, joined today by Dr. Karen Waite. She's the coordinator of Michigan State University's Institute of Agriculture Technologies Horse Management Program. Dr. Waite, welcome to the program. So it's winter in Michigan again. Yes. And we are thinking about winterizing. Normally I think about winterizing my car, but I don't think about winterizing my horse. One of the old debates out there is always, do you blanket or don't you blanket? If you can add some thoughts regarding that, I'd appreciate it.
1: Sure. So people always ask questions about blanketing, and it's, like you say, it's one of the biggest controversies, big, big debate in the horse industry. And I guess if I were to think about winterizing my horse, I would even back up a few steps before we talk a little bit about blanketing and talk a little bit about body condition scoring and what that means. So when we body condition score horses, it's on a one to nine scale with five being ideal. Um, And when a horse is a five, you don't see ribs, but you can feel ribs fairly easily just under the surface and everything blends smoothly together. And the reason I bring up body condition scoring is because typically horses that are exposed to the elements can do really, really well If they're at least a body condition score five or six without a blanket if they're allowed to grow a full hair coat and so it's only in the most extreme conditions in Michigan that we really need to worry about blankets or think about blankets and it would be extreme conditions in horses with low body condition scores so in that three to four range maybe or horses that are really old or you know are geriatric horses that are in their upper 20s and that we don't want to waste the energy we're feeding them on keeping warm. Um, They can do a little bit better with blankets, too. But by and large, if a horse has had a chance to grow a full hair coat, they don't really necessarily need a blanket. Sometimes people want to use blankets just to keep Mm -hmm. their horses clean or you know, if you're working them and you don't want them to get chilled or if they've right. been trace-clipped or something, then we might use blankets. Either way, your horse is not going to die if you use a blanket. It's not going to, well, it might. But <laughs> well, <there's
0: laughs> it's probably
1: a... not going to die <laughs> if the... you use a blanket or if you don't.
0: Now, over-blanketing, though. I mean, there's a potential to over-blanket your horse. You run outside and go, oh, man, it's really cold out here. So is there a point where you can over-blanket the horse?
1: Well, I mean, it's just like anything else, you probably could over-blanket. I know there's all sorts of myths about how you can permanently damage your horse by using right. too many blankets, and right. that's pretty much a myth. But, <laughs> um, I mean, you could have excessive amounts of blankets. Yeah, uh, I, I would say probably a bigger issue is when people put blankets on and then never check them again. Mm-hmm. So the blankets mm-hmm. get wet. I've seen horses get hypothermic and really lower their bo- poor body temperature, and then they don't want to drink. and Then we have even more problems when they get excessively chilled because they were made to stand in a wet blanket in cold temperatures. So while I would say we probably see fewer issues with overblanketing, just neglecting blankets once they're on is probably a little bigger issue. So you really need to check them every day, you need to make sure they're dry, you need to take blankets off and check body condition scores, Mm -hmm. especially in Michigan because Even with no blanket on, they get fluffy hair, so you need to feel underneath that hair and make sure that their weight is still good Mm -hmm. and adjust the energy in their diet as needed. But,
0: yeah. yeah. Speaking of that, uh, with nutrition, is it always necessary to increase their caloric intake as far as what they're getting or adjust their feed appropriately based upon the weather. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, in the summer you probably don't need to feed a horse as much hay or as much grain in order to keep them in balance than mm-hmm. what you would in the winter. Is there a is there kind of a point in there that you look at or, or what you look at in order to balance that out?
1: I would say yes first of all and I'm trying to remember what the percentage increase would be but That could probably get more scientific than your listeners really want to mess with. But in general, hay, the way horses digest hay, it produces heat. Um, And so it's kind of, they have like an internal furnace. And so, but that only really happens with forages. So it's always a good idea when the temperatures start to get real, real cold to increase the amount of hay that they consume. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe just by a couple percentage points or something. Uh, Just a little bit more than you normally would feed. Uh, Because as they digest that, that'll help them keep warm. They won't have to use their energy to um, keep warm. And anytime they're using energy to keep warm, they're not using it for internal functions. Mm -hmm. So that's why that's important. But if their body condition stays at a 5 or a 6 all winter, they're going to be able to, to maintain that pretty well. Uh, If they do start to get thin, then you may have to add concentrate or grain to that increased forage that you've already provided. And another way you can do it is just to add a little bit of fat. Could be in the form of corn oil, could be in the form of some of the products that feed companies make. They all have some pelleted fats and that kind of thing that you could buy as well. But, corn oil really will be probably the most inexpensive way to go about it, Mm -hmm. and fat has twice as many calories as grain does per gram, but it's digested differently, so sometimes people worry about horses getting hyper or excessively hot, but they digest fat differently than they they digest carbohydrates, so you don't get that hyper horse uh, by increasing fat. And you get more calories, so they're less apt to lose weight. I guess a good first step, if your horse is in normal body condition, is to just increase the amount of forage in the diet when it gets real cold.
0: And exercise, one of the things that I worry about often is going out there and running my horse around a round pen. One of the things I always think about is, okay, if I go out there and get this horse all sweaty, how am I going to cool him off appropriately in order to make sure that they don't get hypothermia or something like that. What, it, what would be
1: be? A... That's usually what people are considering when you see horses that have trace clips or if they clip along the jugular vein or you know the lower legs. That's usually so that horses can dissipate heat a little bit more quickly if they get sweaty or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They'll cool out more effectively because you don't want to turn a damp or sweaty horse out into cold weather Um, but if you choose not to clip then you should maybe put a cooler on them and just let them stand out of the wind and in a stall for a while before you turn them back out just make sure they're dry then they're not you know the respiration rate isn't increased or that sort of thing most of the time in the winter horses are pretty smart about especially if it's really deep snow or if it's icy under the snow or whatever they don't run around very much. They're pretty good Mm self-preservationists most of the time. There are a few instances where maybe if they've been inside for several days and then it gets icy and then they go outside, they might rip around a little bit and can certainly injure themselves in that process. But uh, as far as working them and turning them out, trace clips can help with that. If you have a horse that has a trace clip, you're probably going to want them wearing a blanket. And if you decide not to clip, than making sure that they're dried off before they go back outside Yeah,
0: and water, adding electrolytes, does that help? I would
1: say electrolytes in the form of just salt can probably be more helpful than anything. They should consume 10 to 12 gallons of water a day. Um, Making sure it's a comfortable temperature can help with that. Uh, That temperature is probably around 45 degrees Fahrenheit. You may also want to use tank heaters uh, to keep your tanks free Mm -hmm. of ice. There are some less expensive ways to do that in the form of insulated buckets or maybe banking straw and that kind of thing around your water tank if it's outside can help keep it open. But in general, if you're not doing any of those things, then you need to make sure you break the ice on the tank. So Mm -hmm. especially when we get really in the cold, cold months like February, a lot of horses will just break through. the If there's a little thin layer of ice on the top of the water, they'll just break through it. But if it's as it starts to get thicker then you need to break that open and make sure they can access water. But salt will encourage them to drink. Uh, the problem with salt though is you have to make sure that the water source is not frozen and they, they can get at it.
0: So the last topic I'd like to cover is hoof care and at what point do you say okay I do not need to have my uh, farrier back out here for a while?
1: It really depends on the horse. Uh, I have Two horses at home, one who has really tender front feet, we've tried, he goes with no back shoes or no hind shoes in the winter time, but for him, in the whole time I've known him, we've tried several different times to have him go barefoot in the winter, Mm -hmm. and it just, he can't do it, so he's Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. So we keep shoes on him, Um, the farrier will usually put pads in to keep snow from packing in his feet and that kind of thing. Uh, so in that regard and for that horse We may extend it out a little bit maybe to eight weeks instead of six mm-hmm. But he our farrier is still coming every time and he may not trim very much uh, In the the mare who has no shoes on but we take a look every time just to be on the safe side so if your horses aren't shod or you don't have to deal with those kind of circumstances you know, I would say this time of year the hoof growth is probably going to slow down. So, you know, you might go eight to ten weeks, but I probably would still have a farrier to check them. Just
0: we're on an eight-week yeah. schedule, so yeah. Th- I don't know seems that to I would.
1: Be... Yeah, I don't know that I would change that much. They may have to. They may not have to trim much off, okay. but you know, you still want to check for yeah. bruising once the ground is hard and frozen. Okay. There's still the potential for injury or damage or that sort of thing. So.
0: Well, thank you for sitting down with me and talking about winterizing your horse. It was awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you.
1: Thank you.